I can safely say uh, this is the first time that an orthodontist has ever been interviewed while uh, presenting a breakfast that they just cooked. Probably. Right? So we are, Probably. We're, we're breaking some ground here, people. Okay? Um, that cue card is wrong. It says we are groundbreaking people. <laughs> we're breaking people into the ground. <laughs> Anna's like, I wrote this. Um, so if you've ever listened, I probably wrote it wrong. If you ever listened to Cole lecture, uh, then you know that he's extremely gifted. And I'm saying this about him. He does not like that I'm saying this. He's a very modest person. I you've really ever met told Cole. you to please not. You told me not to do this. We had to change. You know, this was going to be called uh, How to Speak Cole. That was the name, which I thought was good. And now we had to change it. We softened it. But if you've ever listened to him speak, everyone would agree he's very gifted at, at communicating Thank with you. people. Okay? Next card. His social IQ is off the charts. And so I wanted to get to the bottom of how he uh, you know, does conversations with different types of people. So namely, staff, patients, and referring doctors, because each of those relationships are a little bit different. But first, let's talk about breakfast, shall we? Uh, so let's talk. What was in your mystery box? Well, you, got, you, guys, you guys threw me a little softball, because you gave me it was the jamon, which is like a... Jamon, like, correct. Which is like just an easy little... So we crisped that up right here. Okay. You guys gave me the fennel, yep. which we're going to use to... You know, garnish it's, it. It can be also, a tough ingredient. No, but like, it, I just got it in cooking right away. So it softened along with the mushrooms that wow. you gave me. Wow, I like it. And so we just got a little, um, so we just, breakfast hash. When in doubt, you just do breakfast hash. Because you do right. crisp up some potatoes, and you can do an egg, and get okay. some vegetables, and easy to go. Let me unpack this, because I think people are probably like, wondering, why is he cooking? Go follow him on Instagram. He cooks like, you're a man of many talents, a renaissance <laughs> man, as it were. Um, and he cooks a lot, and I, he likes to slap his dough. Did you get to slap some dough? You don't slap, you spank dough. Spank dough, okay, right, because it's yeah. been bad. It's not rising at the rate that I want, and I spank it. Absolutely. Um, is it spank, is that what you say? Yeah. Okay, you don't slap. A slap one, would insinuate. Yeah, one yeah. spanks dough. Okay, go ahead. But, uh, he sir. cooks, he, and, and so I thought this would be fun, and just look at this. This looks great. This could be food TV, I think. Uh, so, so walk me through exactly the rest of what you did. You fried so some let, potatoes? So, so let's, let's put this together. So if, okay. you, if you get some, some starch base, I mean, whatever, then let's, you know, we're gonna put, we try to get, build some layers of flavor. So we want crispy, firm. What are the textures in cooking, Kyle? We got. What are the textures? We well, got, we've got crunchy, we've got chewy. Yeah, so we want, um, so we cook this pepper separately because we want them to have some crunch on them, right? Yeah. So then we get, you know, our soft and creamy little mushroom yeah. and fennel. Um, and that, you guys gave me some tomato, tomato basil. Yeah, so there um, was, uh, I'll read it out. There was mold ripened cheese, yum. There was sun dried tomato pesto. There was the jamon, there was fennel, and then mayatake mushrooms. Right. Have you seen Mayataki mushrooms? They look, they're also, I think, called Hen of the Woods. They look like the, the top of a rooster. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But then, I mean, you just got a layer of flavor. Like, just like, like, just like in, like, when you're talking to somebody, there's certain, there's a, there's a right way to do things. I mean, if you put this all into a hash, like you literally made a hash and, like, mixed it all up together, it's not going to taste the same. So, like, the thing I like to tell my staff about communication is there's always a best way to say something. There's always a best way to put together food. Like there's a best, there's an order, right? Yeah. And so when you're talking to staff, you always, you, there's a certain way that you talk to them and you talk to uh, doctors in a slightly different way, but you use the same principles. So one of the principles that you use is if I'm trying to like, what's something that people would want to know to say to a referring doctor? Like yeah. they, they'd be like, what, ask for referrals or what do you think? Uh, what they would want to talk to a referring doctor about? Yeah. Like, um, I think like communications that are difficult with referring doctors are if maybe there's an issue with a mutual patient or maybe they have a question about occlusion yeah. or they're concerned Kay. about 214. It's, you know, the, the approach is the same. If you are a, a staff member or you or you're need to talk, have a hard conversation with a dentist, I would turn it into an advice session. So let's say Brittany's having a struggling with something like, Brittany, I need some advice. I've tried a few things. I'm not... I know I'm not getting um, getting through to what I need to um, get through to you. So can you give me some advice? If you were me, like what what could I tell you to help you do this? Because you know you better than I know you. So pretend you're you. Pretend you're talking to a version of you. Like what would you say? And you make them like well, you let make them give you the answers. And if you're having a problem with um, a dentist, dentists love to be asked advice because they sometimes feel like the if they're not a specialist, they accidentally feel like they're our little, little brothers and sisters. And so if you call them, it, we, it, it can sound to them like we're talking down to them. So you call them and say, hey, Dr. So-and-so, can I get some advice from you? Listen, I've seen, I've seen some of your veneer cases and they turn out good, but I, I need to know what, what, what kind of overjet I should go for. If I see one of your patients, like what should I do? 
Or, you know, if they, sometimes they complain about um, you left space open distal to the laterals, or there's not enough overjet or class. You say, well, give me some advice. If there's a tooth size discrepancy, what, what would you like me to do? And don't do it in a snarky way. You literally ask them, like, let me know how you want me to finish your patients. And then the easiest way to ask for referrals after that is like, hey, next time you see these patients that you've done veneers on, will you check the overjet for me to see how much you like? That will give me an idea how to set them up for you. Like, can you do that? And then that makes an easy check-in. Hey, did you find and see your veneer patients? And so it just opens a dialogue about something specific that you can like, you're basically opening a dialogue, but it's tough to call them and just say, hey, we've been, we've been struggling with this or that type of thing. So do you have like uh, cell phone numbers for all your referring doctors? Like do they reach out to you that directly or is it through the office? It's, it's a, uh, you guys know, it's, it's a catch 22. You, you'd like to be accessible to them, but you don't want them to access you. So, <laughs> so it's, yeah, you want to be available to your staff, but you actually don't want to them to use that access. <laughs> I mean, but, but it is, but you have to, you have to be accessible to them. But you use it for the lighter stuff. Phone calls, phone calls always for the heavy stuff, but anything light, like, hey, just checking in. Saw a patient. A pa patient mentioned your front desk girl. I don't know. She must be new, but they, they said that she was great. But giving secondhand compliments to them. Yeah. You just say, anytime I see, I know I haven't seen the doctor in a while or talked to them, I just, the next patient that comes in, oh, I saw a patient of ours. Love that. That, that family really likes you. Because you just, you can generate a secondhand compliment by, yeah. hey, what do you think of Dr. Snyder? Oh, we love them. Okay. You tuck that away because I'm like, hey, Patient was just talking about you. Yeah, it's true. true. I mean, it's true. Yeah, one thing we do is we generate just a referral, and we're going to cut a pepper in a second, but uh, we generate a referral list. Okay. We are. <laughs> Not this one, though. Spank it first. Um, so, bad pepper. Um, we, we generate a list every week of who's referred as patients, and then I always text those doctors. So it does kind of generate this, right. um, this regular line of communication. Then if they have an issue, it's funny. Like, you'll text them that day. Later that day, and they would have never done this otherwise, they'll kind of text you exactly. with like a little bit of things. So It does take um, a long time. Isn't it funny how it takes a longer time to get a phone call back than a text when, like, I don't Oh, yeah, I, I hate phone calls. I hate phone if calls. I could just text everyone the rest of my life, it would be great. Let's eat some food, too, because I think everyone out there, they really want to see us eat breakfast. Um, is this for, for me? Now, there was a, sure. you put some sort of a sauce on. What was so that? So I just I took some of the goat cheese and just okay. mixed it up with some, some milk and some Louisiana hot sauce. and Because so, we need a little, a little kick. Goat cheese. That's good. It's super good. This hamon is great. That hamon is that great. That layered It's going to give us a nice mm -hmm. little crunch on top. All right, so we're going to cut into the egg, and it should run. Did it? Oh, it's running. Okay. Dude, if you're a foodie, you know. There's that moment of truth. You cut into you it. Get, you got to have it run onto the plate, and then it, it'll, it'll add a little bit of moisture. Let's see. Oh. You can be honest, Kyle. You can be honest. So there's an, like an Indian flavor? Or something? What is that? Well, it wasn't my kitchen, but I saw you had some actually amazing, like, Persian yeah, spices. Yeah. Yep. So, got some cumin, coriander, garam masala. Garam masala. I think that's what I'm tasting. That's good, man. I don't even, oh. know, I don't even know what garam masala is. Um, it's a mixture of some spices. I think my mic just fell out. Did I need that? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> like, something just fell off my body. Um, I'm not going to lie, Cole, this is like great. And now what is this? What do you got here? So, just to be extra, just a little, just a little, little thing of bread. A little fresh bread, it's too, baked bread. It's too hot. It's too hot to cut open. Too, but sure okay, we're going to cut hot. it. That'll be like the end. That'll be like the fireworks at the end of the uh, fireworks display. So, uh, yes, I... Uh, so, but seriously, you, you like it? Fantastic. Oh, it's excellent. Very, okay. very good. I wish you could taste it. It probably feels like you can through the camera. Um, this is great. Where is the fennel in here? The fennel is, the, the bulb of it is diced up with the onions. Right. Because they're the same texture. They, get, they need to cook at the same rate as that, so you put them in at the same time. And then the garnish on top. That's like the aromatic part is on top. It's beautiful. It smells so, great. Yeah. Just, I wish you could taste this. Actually, and Anna will attest this, my favorite breakfast is a hash. So this is like perfect. Easy. You, you know me so well. Okay, hit me with an ortho question. Hit me with an ortho question. So before we get to that, um, how did you learn to communicate? Let's kind of go back a little bit. Is it something you've always been gifted at? Yeah, we were talking about this. I mean... Yeah. But, but my upbringing is unique. My mom is um, didn't finish high school. Neither of my parents did. But they're very super smart. Like very like in, education and intelligence is not the same thing. We all know that. I yeah. mean, we've been to residency with some of our friends, and we're like, "Whoa, you are smart." But 
Anyway, there's levels well, there's to this. There's, there's levels to this, right? Things, right? But my mom is very, very intelligent, and she had a certain way of speaking where she would speak in complete sentences. She spoke very slowly. When she was talking, you could hear her punctuation um, while she would um, get her point across. She had a topic sentence. She had supporting sentences and then her thesis, and she would always speak in paragraph form. It was like, <laughs> it was like listening to a Jane Austen novel, like just very good with dialogue. And so she would often correct me if I didn't say something correctly or said, right. she'd say, there's a better way to say that. Like, for instance, um, I tell my kids this. I'm like, you say, hey, do you want to go, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? I don't care. She's like, that's, it's rude to say I don't care. I'm like, so she told me, he's like, you say, surprise me. So you guys notice I say it all the time. So like, hey, do you want to go this or this? Would you rather me pick you up then? Surprise me. Because saying I don't care is rude. And so even little things like that, she'd be like, well, you don't, you don't say I don't care because I actually know you care deeply. But what you're saying is I, you don't have a preference. Yeah. So just say surprise me because that's the politest way to say it. So she'd always say, there's a polite way to say what you just said. And I'd be like, okay, well, what is it? And she would give me the answer sometimes, and sometimes she'd make me come up with it. I like it. That's great. i got to meet your mom. You should have brought her. She would literally hate it. <laughs> she would hate it. People would want to talk to her. She would just, she wants she to listen. She wants to listen and be, okay. she's, she's a sage. She's a pot smoking hippie sage. She just wants to make her little soaps with like the pine cones and cinnamon sticks in it. Don't we all? <laughs> she's just a hippie, man. She just doesn't, she wants to be sitting on a bed of moss and contemplating the universe. I really just want the rest of this 10 minutes to be you talking about things that you're making up about what she desires. <laughs> okay, good. So we're going to switch this to just things Cole's mom. Anyway, wants. that's where I got that from, yeah, I think. Great. I think. So we talked about difficult uh, conversations with referring doctors. Uh, what are some difficult things you have to say regularly with staff and patients, and how do you navigate? Yeah, staff and patients, like, uh, here, my philosophy is the, the harder it is to say something, the faster and the quicker you need to say it. Okay. So the more promptly you need to say it, and okay. the more concise you should be. Okay. Like what you guys, we've all been in the situation where you're trying to have a hard conversation with a staff member, and it turns into a 45 minute like, you, we don't talk about everything, but you have to get in there and like, hey, Brittany, I wanted to bring this up. Um, I didn't like when this happened. Um, I can't. You please help me to know if there's anything I can do to help you so it won't happen again. But uh, as soon as we leave here, I trust that it won't happen again. So we're good. Do you have anything you want to say? And then you got to get out. Um, compliments should happen in the same way, and you should use the same tone. For all, hey, Brittany, I actually just saw what you did. It was you did perfect. Can you do that for me every time? Love it. Fist pound done. So the I've learned that having big long conversations, mm -hmm. they you it's too easy to mess up. You can always say something stupid in those, yeah. and I routinely do. The longer I speak, the more likely I am to insert. Foot my mouth. foot into my mouth, and yep. sh because you guys know how it is. If you're with a staff member and you have you have really good sage advice during all of it, and you're really polite, you say one thing, and they won't remember anything except for that one thing that you said that really hurt their feelings. And two weeks later, they'll say, "Yeah, I did, that really hurt my feelings." Like, and they'll remember that one part. Like, don't you remember all that other stuff I said? Like, no, no, they don't. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, it's just we're sensitive. We're sensitive creatures. So with staff, keep it short. With referring doctors, make it sort of like they shape the conversation. Is that fair? Like, yeah. And then what about with patients? With patients, the same thing. Like, like learning how to apologize profusely and promptly yeah. is, is how it works. So if something – you try to match where other people are at. And I know I talk about this yeah. occasionally with you. With, if somebody comes in and they're super mad about something, you have to match their emotion. If they're mad, I'm mad. What happened? The kids' brackets came off. You're kidding me. Are you kidding me? Ugh, are you mad at him? Well, I am too. If, they, if the, the kid, if the mom broke all the brackets, if the kid broke all the brackets off, the mom's like, oh my gosh, he like broke all of them off. You're not mad? Oh my gosh. I'm not mad either. Even though like I am mad. Like, so you just match their emotion. That's good. Okay? Because eventually you got to bring the person who's at a 10. They're super intense. You, you got to meet them where they are and then you can walk them down to the five. And the person who doesn't care at all, they're out of one. They're like, you broke a bunch of brackets. Like, yeah, okay, well, then you bring them up. But you always meet them where they are. Meet them where they are. Ooh, I like that. Okay, great stuff, as always. Sage wisdom. Um, so let's go on to this. You talked about delayed. My eggs running too. My eggs running too. I promise. Oh, this is actually slightly more red. That's what we want. Yeah, it is. This one's very good. I'll give you the bad one. No, it's okay. This is like sort of approaching over medium. <laughs> I have to be honest, like these potatoes, I need the recipe for this. They are fantastic. 
and I want to just eat the whole thing. I just want to kind of like, like a like a pig in a trough. We got to save some for the guests. And then we've got some bread, and we'll save some for the guests. And we're also going to cut like a bell pepper. We should probably get to that right now. Why don't you talk? Why don't we switch spots? Talk to me about cutting. So I was just I was just being a snob, and I was telling Kyle how he said, "How do you cut a bell pepper?" And I don't even answer a question like with that. with anything. Me. Sacrifice a little bit yep. to make a stable base. Like it's more important that you cut save it. Okay. And see, and so I'm just. Okay, that's not how I cut a pepper. But I do but, like how but you I do don't, it better. But I just don't... You don't have to deal with pulling the thing out, you know? Well, those things, they're kind of bitter. And yep. so what we do is we just, at our house, we cut this stuff and then we just stick it, we throw it into a stock pot. And so, but really, this is the stuff you want anyway. The rest and then your, your mom comes over and gets it for her compost. Or, yeah, whatever. But this is, this is the stuff that you just don't, you would never... Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah so. I always cut off the ribs or whatever they're called. But in, but in anything, you make, you make stale, but it's like onion... Okay, just, you, everyone can cut it in half. You just get, you make sure you have the stable base, you get the, get this off, and then, you know, we wanna. He's going for a nice tight dice here, I like it. It's like, probably a little, little, little smaller Maybe. than a medium. Yeah. But anyway, there's, like I said, there's, the thing I love about cooking is you can cook whatever you want and you can say whatever you want, but there's a certain way to cook things that is, there's actually a right way to say things, there's a right way to do it. Even, even if the end result, like you just, what you want to do is increase your chances that your end result turns out good or even or stuff. So yeah. you know me, like it seems like I, I act off the cuff in my, you you'd look at me and you think that I'm pretty laid back superficially and like I am with my staff, but I am super systemized about what I say to people and how I say it and everything from new patient exams, which we'll talk about later in another segment, like, like kind of like an order you might go into for new patient exam, but trick is to make it seem like it's laid back. Yeah. Much like this meeting. I mean, you choreograph this whole thing. It's amazing, but we're trying to make it seem loosey-goosey, right? It is loosey-goosey, right? It is. So loosey-goosey. I don't know if people appreciate how difficult it is to do an onion that well, and they're all, like, nicely cut and even and everything. Thank you. The pepper thing is great. I'll be using that for sure. Um, so you, you have some rules that we'll kind of end with here in the last five minutes. Um, I think rule one, you just already said, there's always a great way to say anything, even difficult things, mm -hmm. right? Uh, what's rule number two? You can read it. It's right there. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the harder it is to say something, the quicker it should be done. Okay. So if you're sitting there and you have a pit in your stomach about something, you have to get, like, gird up your loins, put on your big girl panties. You got to walk into the room and say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And you should, it should be a few seconds. Like, what happened I, I feel bad about? Or what happened, like, it, that made me feel bad? Um, so I just want to squash it because I like to get through things, but... Are we cool? Like the fat, you do it fast. You get to it right away. If yeah. you wait till after lunch, it's going to turn into a bigger thing. If you wait till after work, it's going to turn into a bigger thing. If you wait till the next monthly meeting, it's going to turn into a cry fest. So immediately, specifically, you just address it. Yeah, I love that. You talked about that at a meeting, and that is so very true. You also, um, what's your like shorthand for talk, let's talk after LTA? LTA, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if, you're, if you're with a staff member and you need to say, tell something to them, like maybe they messed up a little bit or maybe they said something that was good but you don't want to talk about it in front of the patient. You just call off your number, hey, we're going to step up wire, we're going to do a distal um, root tip on this. Oh, and we're at LTA. And they put it in those, LTA. And my staff knows afterwards, they'll come over and like, oh, wait, are we going to say something funny about the patient? Are we going to make fun of their name? Are we going to um, just have some private conversation about, did I mess up or did you mess up? Because sometimes it's like, LTA, just so you know, I didn't mean to say that. I was, you know, say, or did I call them the wrong name? Or So, mm, you just, yeah. but we just use it. That way the staff knows right away that I do want to address something quickly, but I can't do it in front of the patient. Right. Because the principle should still be the same. As, fa as quickly as you can, you need to address it. Well, I think it's it's very hard to like correct behavior in front of like the patient because it's embarrassing. It actually yeah, yeah. you, you would you should never do it. I mean, we've all yeah. done it on accident. I mean, every one of us has done yeah. it on accident where you correct Brittany right in front of them because you just you're frustrated and it, it, it embarrasses Brittany, Brittany, but it actually makes you look like a jerk. Yes, and the patient yeah. like you, the patient does not. They don't like it. No yeah. matter how smart you seem to come off. You move down. Yeah. You move down. So I have actually used this after hearing you lecture about it, and, and it will you say... You guys do LTA? We don't say LTA. What do you say? I tried to, I, we tried to have, like, an abbreviation. There's a great, like, post in one of the groups where it was, like, all the different abbreviations, 
And we tried some, and all that survived was chair nine, which is where I, okay, I, yeah. I spend a lot of time at the toilet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do, like, multiple times throughout the day, and uh, I don't know what's wrong with my GI. What do you guys end up saying? At, <laughs> what do we say? Sorry. Oh, I'll just tell them, like, hey, let's chat real quick after this, or something like that, which is okay. not as cool as you. I'm not going to be as good as you, but that's just what we no, say. And no, then, And then we'll chat really no, quickly No, and I would never it. expect that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, occasionally, I will send a message, like, to the group instead of just to that individual and say, hey, just as a reminder, here's some things that we're working on. Maybe that's not the best way to do it because they're like, but it's not, that's what you do, Nicole? Yes, I'm like, Nicole, well, maybe that's a better okay. way to do it. Um, but in that way, it doesn't feel like it's so personal. Some things, though, you do need to address directly, but if someone's like, I noticed they didn't cinch a wire behind the seven or something in an 18, it's like, um, just as a reminder, uh, no big deal. You know, you're trying to like, not hurt yeah. people's feelings. You're trying to disarm them. Um, so you say something nice, then you say what's wrong. Say, but we're doing great with these other things. You know, that kind of a thing. I don't know if you agree with any of that. Yeah, well, I do. Um, I do like how if some if someone makes a mistake, the, like they forget to, you know, an upper two by four when you're trying to, you know, close spaces, they forget to steel tie the mesial of the upper twos. Yeah. Hey, come over here. I want to show you. See, this is why you would do that. Mom, come over here. See how that turned in? Like that's why we do that. The parents like, oh. Like, it's no big deal, we'll fix it, but it's a good teaching opportunity for everyone. So if yeah. you see that, the parents are like, oh, okay, so, yeah. So, I mean, you really, the more open you are about those little things, the ones that aren't like have to do with like morality or effort and that kind of stuff, like literally, like literal mistakes, you just, you know, it's like, hey, no big deal, everyone yeah. look at this. Yeah, I think the thing is, is if you, if you correct everyone every time they do something wrong, that's not good. If you never correct and you never prune, <laughs> it, that's not good either. Time what happened? Out. Roy King. <laughs> I just had to, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this was here. Roy King said, can you Uber Eats to my house? Absolutely. Uh, for you, Roy, anything. I'll trade you for some lobster any day. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to go lobster. We should go lobster fishing with Roy. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I know we're, we're like late on time. Uh, so rule number one, I'm going to read it out. There's always a great way to say anything, even really difficult things, yes. Uh, rule number two, the harder it is to say something, the quicker it should be done. I love that. Yes. And now rule number three, people enjoy doing very specific favors, but they hate being asked to perform general tasks. What do you mean by that? And then we'll wrap with that. Oh yeah. So instead, Brittany, I need you to go do this, 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 this. It's like, hey, Brittany, do you have time to do something for me? She has to say yes, because I pay her. <laughs> okay. Real quick. Can you go and just wipe off the counters in the lab? And you give them something small. Like someone said, hey, go, go clean the lab. It's like, hey, can you do me a huge favor? Just come, come to me when you have like five minutes, okay? Do you mind doing this for me? And like I said, it's, this is a nice way to say something. You, have, you, you are well within your rights to say, you do this, you do this, you do this. And sometimes there's settings to do that. But when you're just a normal, especially in front of patients, you should always be like, hey, do you got time to do something for me real quick? Can you go grab me this, this, this? Like what happens is the patients see you treating your staff like in a certain way. And really, the culture is created not when every patient knows you're going to be nice to them. They know how much money they spent. They saw the zeros on that check they wrote. Mm. Like, what they, what they like to see is in those moments where he's talking to someone, like some 19-year-old girl or some 45-year-old woman or, like, a colleague orthodontist, like, do they, what, what tone do they use? Like, so make sure that your, your decorum and your social aptitude and the way that your mannerisms are just above reproach when you are talking with your, because the patients get more out of that than they do from this interaction. They see, they see us interacting, they're like, that yeah. really reveals how people are. I mean, we've all seen those people where like, you see them, you meet someone, they're so awesome, and then you see the way he talks to his wife, and you're like, mm. what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, so. Yeah, so you've got then, I love your thing about with patients, uh, when you give them, like, you don't ask them, hey, just wear your elastics, you actually talk about the specifics, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, I. Let me tell you why we're going to do this. So show, give them the mirror. I want you to try something. And we're, gonna just, we're just going to try this. I want you to try a little thing. Every day I want you to put these things in. And then you can take them out to eat. But I want you to put them in. And then for six weeks, I want to see if we can get this tooth to move back this much. It's like, because if we move that this much, you're going to get your braces off in this much time. So I really like take time to like be specific and not talk down. Hey, you need to wear your bands. Hey, you're not getting these braces off till it's done. Like, mm. they've heard that. Like, so do you see that? How much it's that much? What it's you, also not tangible when you say things in generalities. This is like your bonus system you're talking about. Like, if you, if you say, we're going to do this for a week, or maybe it was Nicole that said that, it makes it more tangible. It makes it more like uh, it's something that you can bite off. Yeah. And, you know, so, and then with referring doctors, the specificity, how do you, how do you handle that? What's an example? Yeah, so if I, if I want to ask for referrals from a doctor, I, I will call them. If, if I haven't got referrals from a doctor in a while, I will call the doctor and say, Hey, can you do me a favor? I got something 
it's, it's something super specific, so you can say no. But the next, if next, the next preteen you get, next 11 to 13 year old, do you mind checking to see any patients that have missing uh, permanent teeth? Hmm. I've been trying to figure out what the best way is to um, replace those. Should I leave the, the ease in or leave the baby teeth in? Like, so I want you to look at them and like, help me look at the roots. The next few times you see them, can you look at them for me? And guess what? They'll just send them to you. Hmm. Like, cause how do you like to deal with these? What, at what point do you want to decide whether we're going to do implant or not? You get them on your team and they think that you're asking for them for legit advice. And you kind of are, but really yeah. what you're trying to do is like, hey, we're, we're colleagues. Can you do me a huge favor? It's yeah. like, hey, I'd love to see more of those patients. I'd, I'd love to set them up for you for, for implants, that kind of thing. Like that's, you know, yeah. the, there's just a good way to do it. So instead of asking generally for referrals, you're asking for a very specific topic. Yes, referral. oh, very specific. Like, hey, let me know if you have a patient that comes in that needs this and this and this, because I want to take a look at them. You didn't have to send them to me, but I, I want to see what you see. Yeah, I love it. Okay, lots of great nuggets. I know we're a little bit over time. So Can sorry. You cut that no, you did nothing wrong. Can you cut that bread? Is, is it not ready? It's not ready. Okay, we'll cut it later. It'll just go stale quick, quicker. We're going to enjoy it later. This We'll enjoy it later. We'll get a video of him cutting his bread later. Um, thank you so much. It was very helpful as always. The Thanks, breakfast guys. was legitimately great. If it was terrible, I was still going to say it was great, but it really was great. Uh, if you have any questions for Cole, uh, if you'd like to swap bread recipes, he can be reached out to on Facebook, on Grinder. it says, and on geocities.com slash cjfever78. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, next, Alex and I are going to be presenting a marketing coordinator masterclass. I changed it from Tinder to Grinder at the last second. <laughs> I, just, I thought it would be funnier. Um, but first, we have two pro tips from Amy Demas and from Kathy Jugovich. Thank you. Hello, TDO Live. Amy Demas here from Communicate Excellence. And my pro tip is for the entire team. I wanna make sure that our communication remains in sync across the entire team. And my specific scenario are for long appointments. Our TCs have already informed mom that long appointments will be in the morning hours. Doctors, I need you to queue it up on the day it's actually expected to have to make that appointment. You can simply say, Johnny, we've reached a milestone. It'll be a long appointment next time. Assistance, then you can turn to mom and say, Mrs. Jones, I see we're having a long appointment next time. That'll be in the morning. Then by the time we get to the scheduling coordinators, it's not shock and awe. And we can say, I see Dr. Fagala has prescribed a long appointment, which will be in the morning hour at 10 or 11 a.m. Would you prefer Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday? This helps close the loop and keep us all in sync. No shock and awe. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Kathy Jegovic, an owner and consultant of Embrace Your Practice Consulting Services. My pro tip today is for the front desk and financial coordinators. I want to share that the two most important reports that a practice should be running are the patient and insurance AR reports. I suggest that you run these two times a month on the 2nd and the 16th and make sure that you run them in two separate reports. No matter what software or third-party program you have, these reports are available. You should be working these reports at all times to keep your accounts in order. Check the last payment date on the report. Check to see if your accounts are aging properly. Look at the ones over 90 days to start with and work those first. Then move to the 60 days and then move to the 30 days. If you know me, you know my favorite saying, garbage in, garbage out. So make sure the patient and insurance contracts are set up correctly at the start in order to get accurate reports. I hope this pro tip works for you. Have a great day. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Kyle, you've had a really busy morning, man. I don't think you're going to get to stop today, so uh, yeah. You so should just let me handle this. I, you can you just sit back and relax. I'll just sit back and relax. You handle the rest of it. After <laughs> oh, after last shoes. night, uh, we got our Did shoe check. The shoes? Yeah, we got Jordan threes. What are these called? These are the uh, Nike Adapt BB self lacing shoes. So this is like the Back, back to the, the future, future show. Yeah, Absolutely. this is amazing. Yeah, those are nice. Sneakerheads. Um, what do you want us to do? I'm a develop. I'm a developing sneakerhead. I'm trying to get there. So. Yeah. Uh, Zach, I'll get you some shoes in the mail, my man. Uh, breakfast was great, by the way. It, it smelled was, good. It really uh, good. Hey, save me some breakfast. I can hear the people in the kitchen, and they're like just eating. They're yeah, diving they're, into that food that I've already crazy. touched, getting crazy. COVID. So. so listen, we're going to spend some time talking to all you marketing coordinators out there. Maybe it's the doctor. Maybe it's a spouse in a lot of practices. But we really want to dive deep, 
help you develop a marketing plan for this year. And we've got some really great tips, so you're going to want to want to enjoy this one. Yeah, so this I think will be good for, again, like you said, marketing coordinators, but really anyone that handles marketing in your practice, which I would argue should be more people, not fewer people, because I think there's different ways to help. And I think marketing is, you know, it's the lifeline of your practice. So um, because we're covering so much, we've created this PDF. It's like a really awesome, like long PDF on uh, this marketing uh, coordinator masterclass. And it's also sort of like a 12 month marketing plan. So whether you like want to work with you on Canvas or you work with someone else or you want to do it all on your own, uh, you can see kind of like, you know, look inside the box of our secrets and see like what are the different categories that we focus on when we work with a client and you can do it yourself. So if you want to go download this and maybe follow along, it's at neoncanvas.com slash audit. That's A-U-D-I-T, audit. Um, while you're there, you can also receive a free digital marketing audit. This is not some automated like piece of crap that we turn out in two seconds. This is a detailed custom crafted report, takes about an hour, that has a technical review of your website, a summary of the search behavior in your geographical area, and an analysis of the practices that surround you. So go download that. It's a free PDF. If you want to do the audit, great. That's also free, but it's neoncanvas.com slash audit. You should be looking at it right now. Okay, so let's jump in. We've got, I think, nine different areas. Yeah, we're gonna hit them all. And I, I think, colleagues, that's exactly what you're talking about when multiple people in your practice should be working on your marketing. It's the exact same theory with our business, where we've got multiple team members who are tackling that. And so, you know, the first thing you've gotta do when you're figuring out your marketing spend is you gotta set a budget for it. We recommend 6%. The Small Business Administration recommends 7 to 8%. And, you know, a lot of CEOs will be talking about, marketing guys and CEOs will be talking about up to 10%. Wow. We put the number at 6% because you don't want it so low that you're not investing in your business. But you don't want it so high that it's messing with your margins either. So we feel like for orthodontist, 6% is a really nice place to be. That's the first place. We're not just pulling that number out of thin air. I've kind of given you the stats of why we think that is. If you will invest, and that's the number, you're not spending it in throwing it against the wall like some accountants think you are. You're investing your marketing to get a return on that investment. Yeah, and I think if you don't have a budget, it probably means that you don't have a plan or you're just sort of scattershot. Exactly. And uh, I think that's what you see in a lot of practices, especially once they reach a certain level of success. They sort of like stop being as strategic about marketing, like, oh, we got patients coming in. But then that's when you start to plateau or when you start to shrink. And so you have to be doing these things and keeping up on these things or someone's going to come and you know knock you off the top of the, the mountain. So, um, so that's number one, set your budget. Number two is traditional marketing. And so I think this is usually what most orthodontists think of when they think of marketing. Uh, and when they think, I think specifically of like a marketing coordinator, it's stuff like deliveries and flyers and like traditional ads. Right. And these are not unimportant things, but there's a lot more, I think, to the modern orthodontic marketing coordinator than just this stuff. Right. You know, using like a, a design program to make like a flyer and look what I made. You know, it hangs up in the practice. Now we do help with this. How does Neon help with this? So well, it's, it's really simple for our clients. They just fill out a form, let us know exactly what they need. It doesn't right. matter if it's a billboard, if it's a flyer like Dr. Kyle's talking about. The key is that it's going to be on brand it's going to look and feel and give those emotions that you want to give people when they're looking at your marketing uh, you want those feelings of trust you want everything to look and feel the same and be on brand otherwise it is scattered and it it doesn't look cohesive and people start to not trust your brand yeah right and so i think you know there's a lot of options for how you get like on-demand design stuff that's not, I think, what makes Neon Canvas or any other digital marketing company, because you can get those, you can outsource to like design pickle and all this kind of stuff. The problem is, is that you're gonna get what you pay for. Um, right. And you know, we, we'll hammer on, you know, uh, direct to consumer aligner systems, and then we'll turn around and then like send off to 99designs for our logo. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and so it's nice to have a company that knows your brand and that can increasingly speak to that in an organic way as they get to know you better. And so I think that's also really important. Um, and as I said, this is important like you should yes do like the little yearbook ads for you know the the Susie who comes in like that's important from an internal marketing perspective although it may never create a patient um, but in certain markets radio can be great TV can be great if you want to do that billboards can be great the difference is with traditional marketing it's scattershot in the sense that you never really know how much money you make back from it 
And so the return on digital marketing is super measurable, which to me makes it powerful. And when you're trying to decide what that budget needs to be, I know what a 6% of your budget into digital will produce. I don't know what 6% of a budget will do with newspaper and billboard and TV and radio. I mean, it's anyone's guess. Yeah. And, and so it's cheaper on the digital side too, so. It is, and, and when we're setting that up for a client, we want that to be a part of the mix. I don't want you to ever say no to those branding and sponsorship opportunities in your community that resonate to who you are, that show your love for the community. I think that's really important, but I want the biggest chunk of your marketing going somewhere that I can turn around and show you exactly how many patients you brought in from that dollar. Right. I think that's really important. So we had number one, set your budget. Number two, traditional marketing. Number three. Yeah, branding and brand management. And so we've teed this up perfectly. But one of the first things that we do when you come to Neon Canvas is we look at your total brand. And your brand is not just your logo and your mark, although that's very important. It's your colors, it's your slogan. Uh, you know, there's so many, th your font types, there's so many things that can be involved with branding that you have to make sure that you've got someone looking at every single one of those aspects for you. So we look at that logo. If it's a logo that you maybe you did on 99designs or a friend did, or maybe you did it 10 or 15 years ago and it's ready to be refreshed, we also see uh, new doctors buying into practices and so they've got to find a way to, to mm -hmm. rebrand it that way. We see a lot of other people have growth ideas and maybe they've, uh, they've stuck their brand to a location and they figure, well, how am I gonna grow in this other city with this brand stuck to a location. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different factors that could be going on with your brand that would cause you to need to be able to have a brand expert, look at that, go through that branding process with you, that's looking at logos, looking at fonts, looking at types, and deciding what is gonna be the future of your marketing moving forward. And then once you've got that, you've got that all set up, you've got it ready to go, then we can start marketing your practice with new websites, with flyers, with cups, with you know all the swag that you wanna get out and t-shirts and different things. And then, you know that's another part of that brand management when you think about the t-shirts is you know I think Chris Feldman was telling us yesterday that you know he he, he added it up and he's got you know, 14,000 t-shirts out there in the community <laughs> and, and which is an incredible thing so if you've got that many people wearing your t-shirts and you've got them out in the community in that manner you want them invoking feelings that are going to be memorable that are going to make people trust you and make them want to do business with you i think that's super super important when it comes to brand management yeah. and that's all things that neon canvas does we've done a lot of it for saddle creek and you guys are really great at managing your brand i think one of the coolest things i think kyle has done with brand management is for the germantown football league so it's a football league that's here in town uh, Saddle Creek Ortho became the official sponsor and on every jersey in the football league there was a crest that was made and it was a it was a logo looking crest on the sleeve that said Saddle Creek Orthodontics on it. So it was their brand matched perfectly with the football league to activate that sponsorship and not only did every single kid in Germantown playing football wear Kyle's brand around all season, they also all came into the office, got into their systems, got a free mouth guard, you know who they are, they're signing up for the kids club. This stuff is gonna pay off dividends in the future and you have to make sure that it's solidified in a way that's not just slapping your logo on something or yeah. taking a black and white version of it and just hoping it looks good. Here's my business card, put it in the, in the program for the theater. No, don't do that. Send it to somebody perfect. You know, so send it to somebody to make yeah, like it a, perfect. Like our theater ad, it, it has a, a kid that's um, like at the theater curtain, like embarrassed to smile, you know, in a play or something like, you know, it's customized to that. It fits that. It stands out. And then the football logo on the jerseys, it, you know, has a little football. It, it kind of looks, look, they're little footballs, Ace Ventura. Um, they, it's like, it like looks like an NFL logo or something. So it, it's yeah. really cool. And so, you know, of course, Neon did that and spit it out in, you know, a day or something. So I think also when you talk about like understanding the specialization of things. And so when you have a team with, you know, we've got seven or eight pockets in our office where there's different specialists. And now we have not just one, but we have two or three. But at Kurt is who's, he does a lot of our brands and logos, he's very good at it. You walk into his office and on every wall it is design and, and every book is like a book on just fonts or classic ad styles and stuff like that. So you're talking about an expert. This is like all he thinks about, this is what he eats and sleeps and drinks and that's what you want, you know, when you're gonna have somebody handle your brand. So we have had uh, set your budget, we've had traditional marketing, branding and brand management, all important things. Let's shift on into web design. So once you have your brand in place, it speaks for you. You have your colors, your font, you have your basically your identity that people can read right. about you before they even meet you. 
which yeah. is a huge deal. It's their first impression truly with you. We talked about the admin being first impression. Really, your brand is your first impression. That's exactly right. And then oftentimes, you know, someone goes to Google and maybe they've seen you on social media or they've seen little bits, bits and pieces about you, but that zero moment when they go on to Google, and that's what they call it, where they say, you know what, it is time for me to get braces. The dentist keeps telling me about it, and Susie needs braces. And they go into Google and they type in, I need to get braces for my 12-year-old girl in Memphis, Tennessee, or whatever. You know, yeah. Usually a long tail search or whatever, for the best price or whatever. Uh, and then things are gonna pop up. We'll talk about how we get you there. But then they go to your website, and they probably go to two or three more websites. How are you gonna win that race if your website is a piece of junk, you know? Uh, right. It's gonna be tough. Okay, so it becomes a race effectively between different cars lined up, and they're gonna pick the one that speaks to them, and it's also gonna be that they pick the one that uh, they can click through and schedule something pretty easily. So um, we have with Neon Canvas, just to throw it out there, I think some people think of us as like a very expensive company, and certainly we can come up with a plan that is expensive relatively, however it's going to return. Um, we can also do things like Neon Now. We have quick, semi-custom, less expensive websites, something that's going to produce for you and be more customizable than, let's say, a Squarespace or one of those kind of like quicker websites or Wix or something. Uh, or you can go full boutique, fully custom. We spend 120, 130 hours on building this thing, coming out to your practice, customizing all that content, and then we just call that Neon Canvas. The price is gonna be a little bit higher, but we can do either one. But the big thing about the website, and we'll keep this short, is a website is not supposed to just be like a, a billboard. It's not just supposed to be this like beautiful thing to show off and talk about how awesome you are. It is supposed to do one thing, and you know what that is? Convert. Convert. Patience. <laughs> convert patience. Yes. Convert leads into in prospective patience. And so if your website is not converting, what's the point of it? And so there should be multiple points on that website where it can convert, okay? That's exactly right, yeah. And something about Neon Now, you know, Kyle mentioned that it's a lighter product. We were able to build that product and offer it at a, at a lighter price point and get it out as quickly as can because we spent two years developing it, right? Yeah. We knew that this was a, a piece of the market that needed to be served, but ultimately that's the stepping stone to get a return on that investment and move into more market share and more branding that's gonna to continue to make you the lion in the market, if that's, that's your goal. Which we do with everything else in business. Like when I started my practice, I didn't have 12 chairs. You know, I had four. Um, and I was plumbed for two more. You know, like, so you do, it, it, is an, it gives us the opportunity to get someone who's starting their practice. A lot of our startup clients use Neon now, and then they'll shift on into Neon Canvas. Okay, so we talked about budget. We talked about traditional marketing. We talked about brand management, web design, and now social media. And this is, the, this is a tricky one because a lot of people come to you and they, they say, oh, well, you post for me on social media, or you post on Facebook, or you post on Instagram for me, I don't wanna do it. Well, the minute that you hire a company in Memphis, Tennessee, to post for your business in, in Manhattan or, or Chicago, Illinois, it's not social anymore, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it, it's not authentic to who you are if you've got somebody else doing it for you. Yeah. So the way that we really like to handle social media is we wanna come up with, the, it's the 1080 principle that you use all the time. We wanna do the guts of the work, right? We wanna come up with a, a, a publishing calendar for you. Mm -hmm. We wanna help you write captions. We wanna create the graphics for you. Ultimately, we want you to hit send and for you to be the one interacting and being social with your patients, with your team, with your staff, with your community, so that you've got a real authentic story to tell, you use Neon Canvas to support those efforts, right? Mm -hmm. And so yep. when we send you that, that, that calendar, you've got 30 different ideas. What I'd like you to do is sit down with those 30 different ideas, circle the eight or nine that resonate with you. Hey, we're gonna celebrate birthdays, we're gonna celebrate some debonding days, you know, we love uh, our admins, we're gonna celebrate admin day. There's, there's plenty of things that are gonna be on that publishing calendar that will resonate with you that you can make great social content out of. And then you come back to us and say, okay, here are the 12 things, we'll know exactly the content that we need to gather, we'll write the captions, we'll work with you to make your social great. And here's why social media is important. All of these things work together to prove to not only Google and search engines, but also to users that you are who you say you are. Mm -hmm. So if you say that you care about the community and you're this great orthodontist and you're creating all the smiles and they go to social media and they don't see any community involvement, they don't see great smiles, they don't mm -hmm. see any patients, they don't see what's going on in your office, they start to not really believe that you are who you say you are. So social media will do that for you, it will immediately give you credibility that you are who you say you are. Because 
because it's real, it's there. And then if it's great engaging content, people are gonna continue to stay engaged with you. You built your practice on social media yeah. and, and digital marketing, and now it's something that you just have to maintain. It's not something that you have to necessarily use to grow your practice. It's not yeah. necessarily an ROI activity for Dr. Kyle. It's a image activity for him. That's it's right. a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and I think it can be like a source of ROI, but it's, I think, increasingly difficult to, to actually accomplish it as such. And so I think at a certain level of practice, I'm happy to let the other sources, which we'll talk about, be the source of patience. And the social media is just to help to kind of like secure that image of our brand in the mind of the potential patient. You've got SEO and then you've got content marketing, which is basically like writing content that a search engine wants to see on a website that's that also right. patients want to see and so that's what raises you up because Google ultimately wants to serve websites that people are asking for right and so those are very much connected so we'll move on to the last two uh, it's gonna be complete ad management and then also the big picture which you'll get to but with ad management it's as simple as this I like to think of a bathtub and you can fill the bathtub quicker by turning on more faucets as it were okay or if you're on a fishing boat you can cast more lines if you want and we had some fishing earlier today um, caught a few. yeah you caught a few maybe and so you can you can throw multiple lines or you can throw one line well you're gonna catch more fish if you throw more and so with ads you want to have as many different ad sources as you can but you also want to be pushing to a website that's done well with good branding and then also you want that organic search that comes from you know good SEO and good content uh, marketing so here's some examples of some clients just to give you from March of this year uh, we have client A and we have client B client A is aggressive spending they spent three point seven thousand dollars so it's hundred twenty six dollars a day and that resulted in 841 clicks, 222 conversions, which are phone calls or appointment requests, lead form fills, uh, and the cost per conversion on this, again, $3.7,000 spend, but just $16 uh, a conversion, which is really good. And you think about the margins we have as orthodontists, you know, let's say conservatively you're gonna make $2,000, let's just say, on a case, and you spent $16 to generate it. You know, obviously you won't close all these, but I'll take it. All day. Yeah. Every day. If 25% of these close, what does that return? It's a lot. <laughs> it's a significant amount of yeah. money. And yeah. so then client B, conservative spend, maybe based on your budget or the size of your practice, maybe this is what you do, $331 spent. So in two days, the aggressive spender spent the same that the conservative spender did in a month. And it still resulted though in 50 clicks, 13 conversions, and the cost per conversion was $27. Yeah. Okay. And so what you'll see is as you spend more, your cost per, per conversion typically will go down you know, assuming that there's saturation uh, potential. So right. uh, let's go on to the last thing and we'll wrap up the big picture. Yeah, so I mean, again, working with Neon Canvas, just like we talked about earlier, is like getting 10 of the best experts you could possibly get in any specific field in advertising and marketing and putting them on your team. Mm -hmm. We integrate with your team to a level that we truly feel like we're a part of the team. We're integral to the team. You can ask any of our clients at the 160 plus orthodontists over 40 states that we work with. If they feel like Neon Campuses are part of their team, I bet you they hear from us more than they hear from any other vendor uh, you know, that, uh, around. So we know that we can give you what you need to be the most dominant orthodontic practice in your area. There's no doubt about that. We've got tons of case studies to show that. And, and we're always focused on that return on investment. Like Dr. Kyle was just spitting out these numbers. I was doing some quick math, you know, 44, uh, 44 cases at $5,000 a case or, you know, on three, $3,000 a spent. I mean, your ROI on that is 15, 16 times. Same thing with the $331 spent. So as always, you know, get in touch with us, go to neoncanvas.com, uh, fill out a form. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And we, we hope that your, your practice continues to grow and that you got a lot of great activity uh, out, of, out of just this. Yeah, for sure. And if you're a marketing coordinator and your task is to try and get new patients in your practice, the point of this is that, yeah, all the stuff you're currently doing is great, but there is sort of a next level and the next level after that of what you can do to bring new patients into your practice. And, and anyone can do this stuff working with our team. Uh, if you want this 12-month uh, marketing plan, it's on neoncanvas.com slash audit. You can also do an audit there, which is a free digital marketing audit. It's customized. You'll learn about your surrounding area and you'll get a lot of value out of that. We even do like a one hour call to kind of work through that. Again, it is free. Um, and so I think you'll enjoy it. Our next interview is going to be with Dr. Stuart Frost and Dr. Nicole Wax. We're going to talk team culture and the morning huddle. But first we have a quick commercial break. The 3M Oral Care Portal offers practitioners and their staff choice and flexibility at every step of the patient journey. 
innovative, integrated, easy to use. The comprehensive software platform empowers you to confidently design, analyze, and refine custom treatment options, giving you the control to do your best work and achieve the healthy smiles patients want. The flexible treatment planning experience is designed to reach positive professional and clinical results. When you use the Oral Care Portal, you can expect customer-first service, leading-edge technology, and a commitment to continually evolving the overall user experience, all backed by over 70 years of moving teeth through 3M science. The Oral Care Portal, designed for oral care professionals, delivering the future of lifelong oral health to patients. At Neon Canvas, we believe that an eye-catching logo is a critical part of telling your story and that solid branding helps draw people to your practice. We have dedicated designers on staff who are experts in designing logos and branding elements, and they work with our clients to create something they love. Some of our clients are just starting their practices and need branding elements created from scratch. And some of our clients have been in business for years and are just looking to give their logo a facelift as they look to expand their practice. Whichever camp you find yourself in, we're going to make sure that anywhere your name appears, it's going to capture people's attention. Whether it's a business card, a mailing envelope, letterhead, or an email signature, our designers will make sure you're remembered. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or head on over to neoncanvas.com to see more work that we've done for our clients. Hi guys, my name is Dr. Megan LaCornu. Um, I'm with Embrace Your Smile Orthodontics and we have two locations out here in Southern California in the Los Angeles area. We do a lot of things with 3M and one of the things that I'm absolutely in love with is the digital and direct bonding. Uh, we've always been in indirect bonding office. I've uh, been doing that for about six years. It's been really amazing. It has reduced my staff's workload dramatically. The lab work that we have to do in our office is so much less that during COVID, we've actually lost a couple of employees because they went and pursued alternative careers. But because we've reduced the workload so much, I haven't had to hire those um, particular positions back. And we're still able to stay on top of all of our patient care, all of our clinical care, and all of our lab work that we have. Um, the other thing that's really amazing about digital indirect bonding is the doctor time. It's very technique sensitive. You have to really train your staff to make sure there's not a lot of errors. But the digitized system kind of takes out some of those areas for errors because you basically do everything on the 3D scan. Um, everything comes back. It's very accurate. It's very precise. And so what I love about it is when those trays come in, it honestly is a two minute doctor time procedure for me to do a full bonding um, upper and lower braces. Um, in our office, we basically can get all the braces on and the wires in, in about 35 minutes. Um, so it's a very fast procedure for us. I have no problem loading my day with starts, which I think when you're running your practice and you have a day of like, I don't know, 15, 17 starts. It's a very, very exciting day. Um, it's been a really great experience um, transitioning to digital and direct bonding. It's also been a great experience working with RAM in general. So, all right, have a great day.